Hey everyone and good day. I hope all of you are feeling fantastic. I am feeling pretty good myself. I did have a couple of unexpected charges hit my bank account in the last two days and it sent me into a state of shock both times. But after talking it over with family and friends, I'm feeling super supported and optimistic and I'm just going to chalk it up to one of those moments in life that test your resilience. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Brittany Drake, and I'm the host of Mom Homie Podcast, where I talk about what it's like to be a freelancer with your own business and being a work-from-home mom trying to balance work with the little one in the mix. If you're an OG listener, thank you for taking the time and intention to listen. I truly appreciate all of you. In continuation of this month's theme of energy, I want to talk about some things that may be depleting a work from home mom's energy without you even realizing it and how to fix it. In the early days of balancing work from home mom duties and just a new baby, I was not sleeping well. I had a lot of anxiety and new mom jitters. I know for a long time I just could not sleep well because I was so afraid that Savannah was going to randomly stop breathing and You know, unfortunately, that is a very real fear and thing that mothers go through. But I found comfort in knowing that I wasn't alone. I did reach out to my mom friends to ask what they did in those moments. And they sort of said, you know, lean into it and just check on your baby if you really feel like there is a problem and don't be ashamed about that. And I've sort of been like, you know, as long as we're moms, we're going to always be worried about our little ones, you know, and we're going to be worried about them when they're adults, too. And my mom even attested to this. She was like, yeah, it just never really goes away. And she said it changes as your kids get older, but that it's always there. You're always going to worry. And I'm like, you know what? Glad I know this now. Do I wish I knew it before I had children? Yes, but I don't think it would have changed the fact that I still would have had kids. I think that it just would have been more affirming. I also was not eating well, which I'm sure didn't help the big picture of everything. But when you're learning and you're on the go and you're trying to save time, you're literally just grabbing anything and eating it. And we also ordered out a lot. I do remember that. Last part to this, and definitely not the least, because there was a lot more than this, but I don't want to bore you with every single detail. I was nursing on demand, which in retrospect, I should have done a little bit more pumping. However, I don't regret the time that I spent learning about the things that I learned about. It gave me contacts to change the things that were burning my energy reserve. And I want to go ahead and share that with you all as well. But before we dive in, I do want to start with our affirmation, which is, My energy is not an expendable source to be taken for granted. I know that because energy doesn't have a dollar sign on it, it's a little bit harder to measure in terms of how much do we have of it and how much do we have of it to spend. But I really want you to think of your energy as currency and think about if something is of importance or value to you in terms of spending your energy on it. So for example, I like to watch a lot of TV, a lot. And I watch a lot of movies. And I just spent the last week watching all of the Harry Potter movies again, but I don't feel like I wasted my energy or my time on this. And here's why. I have a deep desire to be a writer someday. And I've studied screenwriting 
and I read books and I'm currently reading Stephen King's On Writing, which you guys may have heard me mention this before, but he talks a lot about storytelling and having a toolbox of things that you use for when you're writing. And I just, I recommend it. I'm I'm not doing it justice right now. So (laughs) I recommend it if you're also somebody who loves storytelling, but in general, I just wanted to sort of examine like what did JK Rowling do? And obviously like she didn't make the movies, but she came up with the wizarding world of Harry Potter. So I was like, let me see, like, what did she do? How did she get into people's minds and create these images for them? And I spent that time really understanding how she wove together each story, each movie, the character growth, everything. I see how everything fits together. We're going to dive into example one, but first let's take a quick break. Okay, so example one is not having a meal plan and other schedules. I don't want you to overthink this and I want you to start very simple because if you overthink it, then you're just gonna end up overwhelming yourself. Just think about what comes to mind immediately. What would help make your day easier if you had a schedule for it where you didn't have to make any decisions or have it be this long-winded project? And so a couple of things that you could try is, again, having that meal plan or simply creating a schedule that you have planned and outlined for the day. And that way, you know how your energy is going to be spent. It doesn't always go exactly by how your schedule is set up, but it does give you some clue into what that's going to look like. And I always recommend having a contingency within your day. So when I say contingency, I mean having time in your day that's not necessarily scheduled for anything in case something comes up with your child or your family or with pets or just anything. So make sure that you're including a contingency within your schedule. And same for any meal plan as well. Who knows, maybe one day you're planning to do this nice big uh, Buddha bowl type dinner, but then the day comes and you're not feeling well because you have a migraine. Have a frozen pizza in the freezer so that way you don't have to worry about, dang, like how am I gonna feed everybody? If you have a partner, let them know like, hey, I know I'm supposed to cook today, but I'm not feeling good. I'm gonna need you to take over. And really, you know, rely on your community. So start simple with planning your meals by writing down what it is that you and your child like to eat and ask your partner, if you have one, to write down what it is that they like to eat. From there, you can create your grocery list so that way you can make one trip to the grocery store or you can do one order online, whatever floats your boat and makes it easier for you. And then you or your partner can go and pick up the groceries. I know for me and my family, whenever we go grocery shopping, 
we sort of make it a collective effort because when you really think about all you have to do when you get groceries, it's a lot of work. So (laughs) definitely rely on whoever's in the house with you if you can. And even Savannah does her part. She'll hand me the groceries out of the bag for me to put them away. It just involves her and gets her into good habits and also helps you keep an eye on them as you're putting things away. So take advantage of whoever is in the house helping you out with that. The second thing I have on the list that could be depleting your energy is working with bad clients or teams. Now, let me just say this. When you're working with a bad client or a team, it doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means that maybe you all do not have the same work style. I know that when I've been with previous agencies, they weren't necessarily buttoned up or organized. They maybe were in the very beginning stages of figuring things out. And while I had the patience to do that for a little bit, there came a point where I said, okay, I have now outgrown this and it's no longer benefiting me in a way that's going to help me see the results that I want to get to. So there's nothing wrong with saying thank you for the time and for having me a part of this. I really appreciate it. Maybe we'll work together again down the line. There's nothing wrong with that. The other thing is if you have a bad client who is, you know, calling you or texting you at all days and times of the week, then that may not be something that works for you. That may be where you either need to let them know, hey, I'm not available at these times, or you may need to refer them to someone else who is okay with that. As a mom, I'm not okay with that because I obviously have other priorities and things to take care of. And so I do only work Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. So That's just an example of what works for me. Think about what works for you and make sure that you share that with your clients from the get-go. The other thing is ask for more money because the thing is that you have now made yourself available 24-7. And if that's the case, then they should be paying you to be available 24-7. That kind of helps set up that boundary as well. So if they're like, oh, no, actually I can't afford to give you more, then let them know, okay, well then these are my operating hours. And you can also, again, consider having some sort of fee if, it, if you're doing something that's rushed or after hours as well. Having a contract that states or outlines your scope of work is always gonna protect you at the end of the day And I learned the hard way about scope creep. So I am saying this now because I don't want you to have to go through the same experience. So that actually leads to our third example, which is not having office hours. Initially, when I started, I was like, oh, I'll work Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., I think is what I had. And then I was like, and I'll work Saturday by request. And... I just didn't follow that, which I don't know why I didn't follow my own rules. The thing about it is that having office hours again creates that boundary and it also just provides your client with clarity as well. And so if you are someone who doesn't mind working a little bit later, then that's fine. Just make sure that you 
keep communication within a certain time. And the great thing is that a lot of the communication can be automated, right? So you don't have to necessarily send an email back to your client um, right away and stop what you're doing. You can set up an away message that says, sorry, I missed you. I'm currently out of the office until tomorrow at 9 a.m. And that's it. Typically, there isn't anything that's such a huge emergency that your client is going to have to get in contact with you before then. If you're working on a major project where you know the time is short and of the essence and you're rushing something so you are communicating after hours, just be clear with your client that this is an exception. It's not the rule. So that way they're not always expecting you to just be available at any time. The great thing about social media too is that you can send out an announcement that says, hey, my hours have changed. And you can send it off in an email too. So that way you're possibly getting in front of your client a couple of different ways. Either way, communication is the key for having office hours so that you're not over communicating when you're supposed to be having dinner with your family, but you're also not ignoring your client. The fourth thing I have on the list is using bad resources or paying for services and subscriptions you don't use. I was very bad at this, very bad at it. And I got to a point where I really started thinking about all the things I'll subscribe to. And I was like, do I use this? Do I need it? Do I feel good about this? And some of it was business stuff. Some of it was um, streaming platforms, things of that nature. And I did get to a point where I was like, I just really don't watch much on this. So I'm going to get rid of it. Or I don't really use this service the way that I thought I was going to use it. So I'm going to get rid of it. The nice thing is that most of these subscriptions do have some sort of free platform. And so you're not necessarily getting rid of it altogether. You're just saying, hey, I don't want to pay for this right now because I'm not using it how I expect it to. And then if you start to realize, actually, I do need this because you're doing more or whatever it is, then you can always buy back into the subscription. If you're wondering how to figure out if something is of good use or not, what I did is I divided the cost of the service by the frequency in which I used it. And then once I was able to see it on a case by case basis, I was like, you know what? I actually don't want to spend 50 cents a day on this or whatever it is um, that you're spending your money on to automate or post or hold or secure or whatever. The fifth thing I have on the list is lack of focus. So I struggled with this in the very beginning because I was like, yeah, I want to be a copywriter. And then I was like, but what kind of copywriter do I want to be? Who do I want to work with? I, I definitely spent like that first year really trying to hone in on my craft and figure out what it is that I was most proud of in terms of clients that I worked with. And so doing a little bit of soul searching that first year, I came to realize that I really like writing blogs. I really like writing email marketing campaigns. I really like doing website copy as well and social media captions. So with that said, I was like, okay, let me focus my energy on more of those things and working with clients with more of those things. And let me be transparent about 
other services. So if someone came to me and they're like, hey, I want you to do ad copy, I typically let them know, like, that's not my strongest suit. I'm happy to do it for you, but it's not my strongest suit because I don't want to offer something to someone and they feel like I didn't do that for them. So always keep into consideration the things that you're focused on and that are your strong suits so that you can hit your business goals and things like that. While growing your business as a freelancer is something that's attainable to do by yourself, it's also a lot of work and it can be overwhelming because there's a lot of information out there. So with that said, make sure you have a plan so you're not derailing yourself. The other thing is to get rid of any distractions. So random phone calls, emails that you don't ever open or read, um, subscriptions, as I mentioned before, make sure that you're just eliminating those distractions. So I recently went through my inbox for email and I started unsubscribing to businesses that I don't use anymore or people that I don't want to listen to anymore. I felt like it was distracting me. And the thing about that is that I don't want to have to go through all of my emails to get to the one that's the most important to me. And so how do I keep what's most important to me in the forefront? I get rid of the things that could be pushing them down or that are distracting me from focusing on the things that are important. The last thing I have on the list is not pricing for what you're worth. For me, I definitely had a very hard time figuring out what that looks like, what it should be. And some of it came down to just confidence and feeling that, oh, if I was charging too much, that I'm not going to get this client. And truthfully, if you are giving an invoice to a client and they feel like it's too much, then you're probably not the person for them. And I think about this in my own experience. There are certain services and products that I would love to have, but I can't afford them. But I'm not asking them to lessen their price. I'm just saying, you know what? I can't afford them right now. And I'm using something else that I can. And so put that into context. You know, I saw this great meme on LinkedIn and that said, you know, you can get a bottle of water from the grocery store for 50 cents. But then you go to the vending machine and it's $1.50. But then you go to an airport convenience store and it's $5. You know, it just depends on where you're at and what people are willing to pay in any given situation. And if you feel like your skill is worth more than what someone is offering you or wanting to offer you, then let them know, hey, I can I can do this, but I can only do this amount if this is what you want to pay me. You know, like feel free to have somewhat of a negotiation with them if you truly don't want to lose the client, but never lessen the value of your work. Keep in mind too, the longer that you've been part of your industry and actively learning and growing your knowledge base, you're going to cost more because you have now gotten higher in your scale of knowledge and importance in the industry. And so know your worth, appreciate your worth, Don't sell yourself short. And if you're feeling like, hey, I'm not sure, take the time to outline everything that goes in your process 
price it individually so that you can see where the cost is coming from. And you don't necessarily have to share that part with the client, but that'll help you figure out how much your services are worth. Okay, so the biggest takeaways for today is that efficiency is the name of the game. So if there is something that is messing with your flow, then you need to visit what that is, take note, and figure out how you keep it from draining your energy. This is true for things that have worked for you before but no longer work for you now. Before I conclude the podcast, I want to remind you all that I am going to be releasing a work from home survival guide for moms that is currently in the works. The release will be in February. I don't have a solid date yet, but as soon as I do, I'll make sure to share that with you all. It's going to be free to access just for an email and exchange. And so again, once that's available, I'll make sure that I put that information in the podcast notes for you all. The other thing is that I am looking for moms to bring on to the show that are also working, whether you work in an office or at home or you're a stay-at-home mom and that is your work, I would love to hear from you. My contact information is in the podcast notes. If you know someone who may be interested, please let them know as well. I appreciate all of you so much. Thank you for listening today and have a wonderful week.